Well, yeah, we're going to start our week talking about a loss on the basketball court. Uh, we're going to talk about the transfer portal, too. Hey, should Izzo have gone in? Could he have even gone in? Did he try to go in? And then, hey, well, transfer portal season is upon us in football. Let's get to all of it right now. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, You must be a sick person to start your week with a Michigan State sports show because, oh my goodness gracious, what a weekend we had in East Lansing. Uh, Not not only did the basketball season drop its second straight game of the season in a 70-63 loss to Northwestern, but also, let's not lie uh, to ourselves about what we saw on the football field. Uh, Michigan wins another Big Ten title, and that's just awesome to see. Uh, they get a bye to the national championship game because they're playing TCU. Like, what do we think is going to happen there? And oh, and then nine Big Ten teams all make a bowl game, and our Spartans aren't one of them because, hey, that little 22-yarder that I'm still not over still rings loud off the walls in East Lansing. So <laughs> just what a great show we have today. No, but really... Genuinely, uh, thank you so much for starting off your day with us here or rounding out your weekend. We do drop these videos at night on YouTube. Thank you so much, regardless, for consuming this media. If you ever want to hit us up, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. We will get to an email in the second segment that has to do with the basketball transfer portal because after a second loss where, uh uh-oh, depth was kind of an issue... That conversation is also ringing louder and louder. So let's get to the show right now. You already know we're going to start with. It, it was uh, the game that Michigan State basketball probably should have won. Uh, this was Northwestern at home. You know what? You're not using travel as an excuse. Uh, you did have a good break between games. You can't use that as an excuse. Uh, let's get after the Wildcats who, look, you were six and a half point favorites over and Obviously, not everything in Vegas is uh, correct or all that it seems because uh, this is going to shock you, but uh, Northwestern and Boo Booey beat Michigan State at home. <laughs> Northwestern just owns us. Uh, 72-63. Now, uh, hey, look, um, you got to tip your hat to Northwestern. Uh, this is going to be a lot like what we talked about after the Notre Dame game. It wasn't just all Michigan State. The other team did a lot of things right. That, that happens in a lot of sports. However, unlike the Notre Dame game, we're not going to be exactly all hunky-dory about it and say, oh, hey, that's okay, losses like that happen, because, well, yeah, losses like this to Northwestern do happen quite a bit lately. That doesn't necessarily make it okay this time around, but look, you have to tip your hat to Northwestern because they did a lot of things great, and a lot of things they haven't really done well all season, and namely, the first bullet I have on my list is their free throws. Uh, 21 of 24 from the line. That's two things they really didn't do well going into this game. They were middle of the pack with shooting their free throws, about you know 70%. But more so, they came into this game just being horrible at even getting to the line. They averaged only about 11 attempts per game. Shot 24 tonight, made 21 of those. I don't have an issue with how the game was officiated tonight. I didn't think there was any you know bad calls or egregious calls in really important spots. Like, yeah, did... Tyson Walker's third foul seem bad? Sure, but ref was at an awkward angle. I can see why, but yeah. Goes a lot more than um, just how the game was officiated. I thought that was fine. Credit Northwestern for getting to the line. Uh, bullet point number two. Northwestern's defense. 
Okay, they came into this game with a number one field goal defense. Well, when it came to two-point field goals, that is. They were still top five overall. But, um, yeah, I could see that that was not a fluky stat. Uh, that is a solid Northwestern Wildcat defense. They held MSU to 8 of 19 two-point field goal shooting in the first half. And then overall in the game, 15 of 33. Bullet number three I've written down for crediting Northwestern. Also, their defense, uh, turnovers. They had 10 steals, forcing 13 MSU turnovers. And the fourth bullet point I have written down for Northwestern is, oh, that's right, it's defense again. Namely, in that important spot late in the game, under two minutes, hey, Michigan State has two possessions to cut into that six-point lead they have. And both times, they've settled for... Fadeaway jump shots from Jaden Akins as the shot clock was inspiring. And then point number five, Boo Booey. Uh, I, I tweeted this out too, so apologies if this is your second time hearing this statement, but I'm showing up to Boo Booey's graduation just to make sure he walks across that stage, just to make sure that it really is truly over for him at Northwestern because this man turns into a combination of Allen Iverson and Steph Curry whenever he plays the Spartans. And quite frankly, I'm sure he's a great kid. I'm so sick of him. I am so sick of him and don't care to watch him play basketball ever again against Michigan State. But, alas, here we are. Now, for our Spartans, because you don't just lose home games as six-point favorites without doing some whoopsies yourself. And, look, it's what we're going to talk about in the second segment, what you have probably talked about after you know, a few games this season, what we were all talking about in the offseason, was the depth. And, yes, obviously Malik Hall was out for this game. But man, uh, oh boy, you did have Aikens back this game, so you can't use depth as that much of a crutch while it is a reason that you lost. Okay, is one starter really going to be the difference? You can't close these games out and win these games. I digress, we'll get a lot more into this in a little bit. But also, boy howdy G. Wilkers, did you also love giving up open looks from three-point land? Uh, Northwestern shot Good to start the game. They, they ended the game 7 of 23 shooting from 3, but they were uh, a microwave early on. They, they missed a few of their late chances, but one of the late chances they didn't miss, Ty Berry, wide open 3 as Michigan State's trying to stage a comeback. Okay, up 9, but yeah, just once again, too, just too many trips to outer space here for the defense on some 3-point attempts. And then, last but not least, um, this should have been my, my first, not last but not least, but Wow, is the pick-and-roll defense bad? It, it, does Michigan State get blitzed or what on the pick-and-roll? And, and namely just by the other team's guards as well. I mean, just look at that boo-booey shot at the end of the game to put Northwestern up three points that, well, Michigan State did not come back from. Had the lane wide open. Michigan State couldn't, you know, correct itself, come back to defend them in. That's been a theme throughout the whole year, and it's probably going to stay a theme because let's be honest, like you just don't get better at pick and roll defense midseason just like that. Usually, if you start your season very vulnerable in that style, uh oh, that's probably going to linger with you the rest of the year. So uh, there you have it. it. It was just obviously not a good one. And now, now look, your your cushion is shrinking, and I I'm gonna like try to not come off as DefCon one that Michigan State is going to miss the tournament or anything. No, I'll start to get more panicky about that uh, late January, uh, especially when Michigan State hits that gauntlet in the Big Ten schedule. But fact of the matter is, and you can take this for 
everything it's worth or just with a grain of salt depends how much you like computers and projections and everything like that but barttorvik.com you know super analytical website they use a lot of computer simulations yada 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 before this game michigan state was the first team out according to them in their uh, tournament simulation after this game you plug in the northwestern loss now michigan state is the seventh team out now, again, like, I'm not going to completely slam every single alarm and have a Chernobyl-style meltdown right now that, oh, we're going to miss the tournament, but that conversation is back on the table, and that was pretty quick because after, hey, you know, you just barely lost to Gonzaga, hey, you beat Kentucky, that's pretty good. Many of us, myself included, were thinking, all right, hey, at least the tournament's not going to be a topic of conversation, but, okay, here we are. You're 5-4 and four now on the season, and... Let's be honest, I, I, no one's going to like hearing this because I don't like saying it. You are likely to lose on Wednesday as well, and that's not just me being an Eeyore of a person. Like You will be probably three to four point underdogs on the road to a solid and athletic Penn State squad. So you're looking at five and five right in the barrel. And yes, you do get some reprieve. You get to play Brown. You get to play Oakland, Buffalo. I, I forgot the other team that MSU gets to play, but... And you do you do get the fortunate opportunity of playing North uh, sorry Nebraska at home and then Michigan at home once you do get out of your non conference slate but yeah kind of stumbling out of here we left the PK eighty five feeling pretty okay about this season you know five and two nice all right we got Notre Dame okay that didn't go well but okay understandable they traveled to the West Coast dead legs all that fun stuff true road game. Okay, well, this was your bounce back spot against Northwestern, and instead of going well six and three, you're now five and four, and this is a whole different kind of outlook, isn't it? Uh, we got two more basketball things to hit on on the other end of this break, including Tom Izzo's controversial uh, benching of AJ Hogard to start the game. Uh, no, we will talk about that, and of course, get more into transfer portal stuff because we have an emailer who uh, brings up a really good point and sets up a great table for conversation. So we'll get to that in a hot segment first. Hey, if you're doing holiday shopping. I'm about to end it right here in the next 60 seconds because just order from Omaha Steaks. What on earth are you waiting for? Look, hey, the, the, the clothes are nice. The the candles that are never going to be lit are, are nice, aren't they? But nothing beats biting into a juicy Omaha Steak or one of their chicken products, a nice burger from them. And so when, when you're dishing out Omaha Steaks, when people are unwrapping that from under the tree, bang, Christmas is already over. You have sealed the deal. You have won. Christmas. So what are you waiting for? Hop on with the steak experts at Omaha Steaks. They've put together a special curated gift package to help take the guesswork out of gifting and making your holiday sensational. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout and get $30 off your order. That's right. Hey, Prices on everything are crazy these days, but Omaha Steaks wants you to save money. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress like the legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Gang, it's Omaha Steaks. They're a brand name. You already know what we're talking about. It is a gift from the heart. Order with complete confidence today knowing that you're ordering the very best gift. Visit omahasteaks.com with promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, all one word. Minimum order may be required. And before getting back here to, uh, yes, segment two of bantering about Michigan State basketball, hey, 
I'm wearing the sweet hoodie. It's uh, Spartans Illustrated. That's right, the new Rivals squad. I'm part of it. I I'm going to be contributing some content every once in a while. A lot of hardworking folks. Uh, you know, I'm talking Ryan O'Blenis, of course. Chase Glasser doing some great work. Rivals is where it's at. Spartans Illustrated. Yes, uh, we will be posting some podcast episodes up there as well. So just want to shout out the new team over at Rivals as well before going any further. Before we get into transfer portal talk, I do want to just remark on AJ Hogard, who he was uh, benched to start this game, and pretty interesting move because it's not like Michigan State just has a lot of players that they could just you know pick and plug into the starting lineup. You know, it was a pretty seismic shift to have AJ Hogard take the bench as Jaden Aikens returned. Everyone assumed that it would just be okay, Pierre Brooks, you slide back, you're a sixth man now. But no, it was AJ Hogard, and Tom Izzo cited that well, AJ's got to start taking care of the ball. Uh, I'm sure he used more harsher language behind closed doors, but that was paraphrasing his answer he gave on the radio show before the game. Now, yes, A.J. Hogarth did have a, a terrible tendency going into this one of turning the ball over three, four, five, sometimes six times during a game, but you talk about a great response from a guy that's supposed to be the captain and leader of your team, and it wasn't, you know, immediate, his response. Uh, it was in the late stages of the game. Of the last 19 points Michigan State scored, 17 of them were either scored or assisted on by A.J. Hogard. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter because Michigan State lost. But hey, if you want to take any silver lining out of this game, um, A.J. Hogard, stock going a little off. But again, it's hard to pop champagne and celebrate over that when, well, <laughs> didn't matter because he didn't get enough from everyone else. And that's not to say everyone had a bad game. But look, fact of the matter is, and this is going to funnel right into the next conversation, is... Transfer portal. Uh, Michigan State really has depth issues. Yes, they're losing a starter, and this is what it looks like when you're losing a starter. Oh, man, would Tom Izzo have really looked good if he dipped into that portal? And I've been crying up and down about it all offseason so far this season. It, it is a very heated rivalry within the fan base of, hey, Tom Izzo did the right thing of not going to the portal, versus, hey, Tom Izzo absolutely should have went harder at the portal. You know, th there was a big win after the Kentucky game for the people that says, hey, it's all good in the hood. See, he knew what he was doing the whole time. And unfortunately, for the people in the camp right here, uh-oh, uh, we would have liked to see Tom Izzo go into the portal a little harder. Now, this brings up a great email from Gotham Spartan. Uh, listens all the time, writes to us all the time. So he writes in, kind of lengthy email, but let's get through it right here. You have been on, and this was after um, the Notre Dame game. I believe as well, where we talked about this depth issue when Michigan State had issues without Malik Hall, Jaden Akins, yada, yada, yada. He writes, uh, you have been on the soapbox of yours trying, uh, sorry, uh, about men's hoops not having used the transfer portal to get a big man for weeks and don't seem to be giving up on it. That is correct. I am not. Uh, the one time you looked at the portal to see if there were any realistic candidates, you admitted the pickings were slim to none. Accurate. If you want to prove your point, find some big men who uh, actually were in the portal, who actually would have been realistic candidates, who transferred to MSU, find out where he went, and find out how he's playing. Unless you can find such guy who's actually making a noticeable difference at a Power 5 level, you're just playing fantasy basketball by talking about this. So find a real guy who actually could have and would have made a difference, or give it a rest. Oh, come on, Gotham, you know I'm not going to give it a rest. And then he writes, put up or shut up. Uh, got Gotham's great company. I uh, don't mind that email at all. Uh, we have a uh, good um, back and forth, and this is a, a great email too, because I'm sure there's a great handful, probably handfuls, of you that agree with Gotham Spartan. And 
I actually had a conversation with this um, with two people over the weekend that are a little in the know of what happened in the transfer portal. Just kind of rehashed it. What did happen? What didn't happen? So let's lend some insight to this because that is a great point. Like, we can scream and cry about the transfer portal up and down, but what were the options out there? And to answer the question, one guy that you know I had my eye on, um, another guy, uh, Justin Thin of 24 Sports, was a big proponent of this guy as well. Manny Bates, six foot eleven transfer out of North Carolina State. He did end up going to Butler. Right now, averaging thirteen and seven a game. I think he's playing a little less than thirty minutes. But there's also the other side of the coin too. Um, if Michigan State got a big man, does Matty Sissoko stay? Uh, hard to tell what happens there. But my thing is that I would have liked to see even a little effort with the big men now. That's not to say Izzo gave no effort whatsoever during the entire offseason, because if you remember, yes, you know, there was Jalen Bridges, the guy from West Virginia. Tom Izzo was very heavily involved in trying to get him. He ended up going to Baylor. And then Micah Parrish as well, the transfer from Oakland. He visited Michigan State, but he wanted a lot of minutes. Michigan State couldn't promise him those minutes, so now he's at San Diego State doing quite well for himself out there. So the forwards, he was trying to find a different four or three or, or just, a, you know, one of those low wing players as well but the fact that no big men was courted at all I, I think that's where I have the problem here and maybe all that we needed was just a little bit of lip service you know just to show us that you were trying because right now what it looks like and what it I, I think actually is is saying that hey you know what I'm making a gamble this is gonna go great I got my guys I got Madi okay I got Jackson Kohler who very clearly looks like he's not there yet. Um, I, I still think he'll be a fine player in his career, but quite the process so far. And then Carson Cooper, a kid that was originally supposed to be redshirted this year and now is forced to play chunk minutes at a time because, well, you don't have another big man. So for me, it's just the optics of not even trying to find the big man, right? I mean, it, it was almost like you're riding shotgun and someone's falling asleep at the wheel. It's like... Hey, 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 what, what's going, what's going, as you're getting closer to the end of the road, or closer to the end of the offseason, it's like, uh, what's going on, are you really fine with this just being it, so, that is where I get my gripes from, it's just that there was no effort, and it was just this defiant, like, hey, I got my guys, we're gonna ride with them, and this is what happens, because now, okay, Maddie gets into foul trouble, or God forbid, Maddie needs just a, a breath of fresh air on the bench. What's behind him is not ready to play. And when you're razor thin at depth, like, yes, wouldn't Malik Hall have helped uh, today? Absolutely. Positively. Yeah, definitely. Oh, God. Yeah, you're probably talking about a win here tonight, but we're not because he's not able to play, and there is no depth behind him to play the four or a strong defensive stopper in the paint because. You only really have one of them right now when Malik Hall is hurt. And it's just Mati Sissoko, and he can't play 40 minutes. So there it is. Yes, he did try for the forwards, but it was just the, the lack of big men right there. Also, one other note, too. Um, I don't know how much this affects Michigan State, but I reached out to Evan Maya uh, on Twitter. He's a college basketball guy. Really, really follows the transfer portal like no one else's business. Um, I reached out to him to see how many people that entered the transfer portal this year never signed on to a team. And he said of the 1,800 kids that entered the portal, three, 300-ish 
did not latch on to a new team. Now, look, am I going to say that, well, Izzo should have got one of those 300 kids? I Look, I think there's a reason that if you're one of the 300 kids, you, you didn't latch on to any team. I mean, it's... <laughs> You're probably nothing um, too spectacular is my guess, but hey, regardless, I mean, yeah, it would have been just nice to see some effort. That's all because um, now we're seeing the bet will not pay off. Uh, but hey, let's move forward onto another transfer portal season. We're going to be talking football here in a hot segment. But first, need to talk your ear off about Simply Safe Home Security. This is the best in the business. We're talking the winners of Security System of the Year for a third time straight. That's right. Here at Lockdown Spartans, we believe your home should be safe this holiday season because hey, we care about you. And that is why we are talking about Simply Safe. Right now, Simply Safe is offering Lockdown Spartans listeners 40% off a new security system. Do not put this off. Look, they are going to make sure that you are cared for at any time of emergency. Simply Safe is a whole home security system with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, high definition security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you when the threat is real, and even hazard sensors that uh, detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. It's 24 7 professional monitoring and it costs under $1 a day that is less than half the price of traditional home security systems what are you waiting for don't don't fret this holiday season don't wonder what's going on at home if you're doing any holiday travels be secure be safe and do it simply that's right with simply safe don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system get 40 percent off of any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college today that's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like simply safe. And let's go from one sport that just makes us happy to another one. <laughs> um, oh boy. Look, there's a lot of football news that happened over the weekend. No, none of it included a bull game or a bull bid. I'm sorry, I'm not going to let this go. I, yeah, I am going to be childish about this. But no, it's uh, transfer portal news. And this transfer portal is really going to kick into high gear starting this week we had some names eek in there you know we had jack stone the kicker of course michael fletcher actually just dropped his name in the transfer portal um and let's just start with him because there were some departures other guys announced they were going to the nfl but michael fletcher junior defensive end he is transferring and got some spin at the end of this season of course maybe because the guys in front of him got hurt but he got some tape out there I'm not sure if he would have come back as a starter. And look, when you have the guys in front of you, like Chris Bogle, should he return? Jeff Petrowski, Brandon Wright, uh, Ken Talley, the transfer from Penn State, four-star kid. Uh, we'll see if he plays interior defensive liner. Regardless, you have names out there. Zion Young. And whatever freshman comes to, like let's say by Job, does sign that national letter of intent. Let's say Andrew DePape does come. I mean, you got young guys too as well. So yes, Michael Fletcher, good depth guy. Is it going to break the back of Michigan State? Probably not, but yeah. So there, uh, there's the first name that we have to mention. Now, there are three more gentlemen that uh, declared for the NFL, and that was Jacob Slade, Ben Van Sumeren, and Jarrett Horse. Now, these are all guys that just played their fifth year of college football. So whenever a guy leaves early for the draft or also stays back from the draft like Jaden Reed did last year, I always ask myself, would another year help this person's draft stock? 
Are you going out as high as you possibly can, or next year, realistically, could a year help you? And, and for these three guys, like, pro- probably not. I think they probably hit their draft ceiling. No, about, no doubt about that. And let's start with Jacob Slade right here. And this was a guy that came into the season with All-American aspirations and skill, too. No doubt about that. But obviously, injuries plagued his final season at Michigan State. But yes, I think that... He is maybe as good as he will get. I don't know if one more year does help him. And also, too, you got to think about the age as well. Now, look, the NFL isn't as stingy about age as the NBA is by any chance. But look, at the end of the day, Jacob Slade is already a fifth-year senior. Would coming back maybe scooting up one round in the draft, even with injury issues, maybe you don't want to even risk that again, plumbing your stock any further? I get why Jacob Slade leaves, and uh, point blank, like, that is a bummer. Jacob Slade was a great player for Michigan State, and, yeah, it's a shame his senior season went the way it did with all the injuries. Behind you, uh, you got Simeon Barrow, Derek Harmon, uh, Alex Van Sumeren as well. And speaking of Van Sumeren, Ben Van Sumeren also declared for the draft as well. Uh, This was his fifth year of college, of course, if you remember. Transferred over from Michigan. Entered the transfer portal over the summer, actually, and then Mel said... How about you just start at linebacker for us to kick off the year? But that's another position that's going to have guys behind him, and there's going to be a lot of interesting decisions too with that linebacker room. So Ben Sumeran is another guy. I don't know if another year helps him at Michigan State if the draft is really want, really what he wants to go for. I don't know if he moves from an undrafted free agent to a day three guy in one more year. I think his strengths are strengths, you know, good measurables good body, good special teams player, everything like that, and then his weaknesses. I don't know if his pass coverage just gets better like that next year, for example, you know. So he's going out when his stock, I think, is the highest it could possibly get. Same with Jacob Slade and then Jarrett Horse as well. I don't think that this should be a big surprise that he's not coming back. But, yes, after uh, you know departing from the team in the middle of this season again, like he did similarly last season, I would have been shocked to see him come back once again. And there was conflicting reports, too, if he even had the availability to come back next year because he did two years at Arkansas State, did a junior college year, did two years at Michigan State. But I'm going to shoot you straight here. Uh, This whole COVID year thing has me so bamboozled with eligibility. I don't really know what the truth is. Regardless, he's not coming back next year. But if there was any bright point at the end of the season, look, we saw some young guys get some Good reps in. And one of those guys was Brandon Baldwin at left tackle. Uh, This was another junior college transfer kid out of Detroit. I thought he did fine his last four games. Yeah, I think he started the last four games for Michigan State. And I I, I thought he did as well as that you could have hoped your backup left tackle to do. And with him having a few more years ahead of him, look, I I, I think that was maybe a, a diamond in the rough here for the end of the season. Now, names that we're still waiting to hear on. Big names this week that we're still waiting to hear on, whether they will come back or uh, head to the draft or, I, I don't know, transfer. I highly doubt that happens, though, is um, J.D. Duplain and Nick Samak. And from what I hear, likely, likely is, is the word that I heard for both those kids coming back. Uh, Chris Bogle, the defensive end, he can come back. Trey Mosley we're still waiting to hear on. Jacoby Winman is probably the biggest name of this group. Could he go to the NFL? Of course he could. Could he come back? Now, that's the interesting debate of if one more year would actually help Jacoby Winman. Bouncing between defensive end and linebacker, maybe it could. Maybe you get some really good linebacker tape out of your last year at Michigan State. You know, it's, um, cement yourself at that position 
maybe that helps him come back. And then also uh, Elijah Collins, uh, Chester Kimbra as well. And then I also just have Darius Snow with a question mark, and that's not even an eligibility thing. That's just an injury thing. We're, we're going to wait and see if he can come back. I, I, the amount of different reports I've heard on his injury status and if he can come back, what his health is like. You guys remember when Max Bola missed the Rose Bowl and there was like 27 different rumors as to what happened? I don't even know the answer to this day. That's kind of like what I have with Darius Snow now. Is like I've heard 28,000 different things as to what actually happened to him, how hurt he is, can he come back, will he ever come back, are they going to saw his leg off? I, I don't know. So that's another name to uh, watch out for there. Now, we will be breaking down every single transfer uh, coming in. Or going out because it will be another busy transfer portal season. Uh, we're going to see a lot of new names on this roster next year as well. And also as we gear up to Wednesday's game against Penn State, we got a big guest coming on the show. We have Mark Titus of the Titus and Tate podcast. Uh, this is going to be an awesome one. I, I, I just love Mark Titus. Uh, not not like the like an A-list celebrity guest, but definitely uh, in my heart, like a like the guest I will fangirl over the hardest. No doubt about it. Love Mark Titus. Great guy. Had him on last year and just love his work. So keep it tuned to Tuesday night uh, on YouTube for that show or Wednesday if you listen on the podcast. But hey, until then, hope the rest of the week goes better than this weekend did. Uh, God bless you all. Love you all. Go Green.